Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McElgaine. Ronnie Karam, this is his second of three podcasts today, and I want to be aware of that before we're going into it. He has to watch The Bachelor and do Rose Pricks after this. He already did watch What Crap Happens Today. So, Ronnie, you're my all-star of the week. That's a new, um, like, <laughs> group, that a like new record. Part. Yeah, I'm giving out a, an all-star of the week. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so nice. Yeah, uh, you This guys is so much fun to do. Oh, my God. And I was watching this movie on the train coming back from Dallas, and it ended up taking seven hours on the effing train. But, man, oh, it was really? so much fun. Yeah, I watched so much TV, and I really got to take a slow, slow dive into this lovely movie on Lifetime. Okay, honey, wait, this movie or this that train took you seven, seven hours? Seven hours, yeah, because they stopped so Did many they places. they hit a deer? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they hit a meth factory, I think, because oh. everybody on it was like, there was one guy chasing a paper towel. <laughs> oh, okay, me, yeah, tag yourself. <laughs> Don't at me, okay? Um, I won't at you, honey. I'll never at you, but I will tag you, okay? <laughs> I'm going to look this movie up on... Because I know that you like to really deep dive when we oh, so talk I, about I it. I have a little, like, thingies at the top that I wrote. And then I didn't even realize, like, the headline of all of it till I started to really watch it. But I just will say for me, this um, the makeup in this movie is offensively bad. So I really want to talk about that towards the end um, for people at home who can't see. Just so you know, they seem to use the same like yellow undertone eye concealer on every actress. Like they only had one. It's they all have like yellow under eyes. It's so unflattering. Yeah. What is that? Jaundice? Is that what it's called? What is the disease that turns you yellow? It's jaundice. That's babies get it. Yeah. Yeah, Jaundice. okay. And then and they, like also people who don't know how to match their foundation and concealers. And it seemed it did seem to me about by the time I saw like the third or fourth woman's face, I was really like, Oh, they were working out of one person's makeup bag. Like <laughs> this is like it's like it made all of them look older or like just beat up in a weird way. Yeah, it really did. The makeup was not helping anybody. And it makes me wonder who's doing this to them and why do they, why do they want to hurt them? You know, cause I feel like people know better. Like they see the, they see the dailies, you know, I know right. there's not like exactly. a huge post budget over at Lifetime, but still well, they can so see the days. I have a, uh, a greater theory about what happened with this movie. So I was like kind of like doing some brief like imdb research when i started um because i watched it once through and i didn't really register like credits or anything like that and then i like took my more bigger notes um and i went in by just like writing that the boyfriend's mom um sandra in the movie her name is barbie castro and um i found that like she mostly had been doing like 
small bit TV movies, and then also just like videos, like student film type stuff. Um, her second role ever was on America's Most Wanted, colon, America Fights Back, which was a documentary. So I assume that she was in like some sort of reenactment. But like as we start to watch the movie, you see, first of all, Marvista logo. Whenever I see a Marvista film, I know that is up my alley, honey. <laughs> and then, oh, what's the second card? produced by barbie castro so the like the mother in this movie who's basically like the the heroine um she and also probably like i wish i was on heroin when i watch this movie like fucking the the ways that these people move throughout their lives is so slow i'm like i want to get on that level so anyway barbie castro and then Barbie Castro is also the first person listed in like the credits. So Barbie Castro is a, basically a nobody in the scheme of this movie um, and a nobody in the scheme of like general TV movies, even really she's done some stuff, but she produced this movie and starred in it. And so I think Barbie Castro might be rich because the other thing to note in this movie is that the sets are lush. Like, they look rich. They don't look like joke sets where they're, like, trying to do an impression of someone rich. Like, they look like actual rich people locations. Well, it's and like if, when you know a rich I person did, in L.A. When, when you're like, can we just use your parents' mansion? You know? This is exactly what it is. And in my mind, I was like, I would not be surprised if Barbie Castro, like, has family money. Fidel Castro, maybe a cousin. I don't know. Like, I don't know if she has some sort of family money or something, but she has, I feel, put this together. This is all in Miami, which is like a surprise location for a lifetime because normally they wouldn't film in a city like Miami. They'd go to Toronto. I feel like she really like spearheaded this operation. It wound up at lifetime, but the way that the script is written, you could tell that she probably pitched this to like, studios because there are like there's an interesting relationship and before i bag on everyone in this movie i want to acknowledge this mm. they did do a good job of like filling out the mom and the dad of the morning like that are mourning their son filling out like their personalities and their relationships like i felt like i knew more about them than i do in most lifetime movies in like considering I know so much about other characters in this movie. Well, you know, you know so much about Barbara Castro as a woman just from her IMDb profile, because usually it's like, you know, work stuff. <laughs> but this is Barbie Castro's. And I, I just, you know, I wonder who wrote this. Okay. So this is how Probably it starts. Barbie Castro. I know exactly. So Barbie Castro is like Barbie Castro is one woman dynamo. Born in Miami Beach, Florida, she's a hardworking actress and producer who knows how to bring a project full circle from beginning to end. She has a keen eye for talent and a great sense of business. She has created a name for herself as a prominent entrepreneur in South Florida. <laughs> sweet, so sweet communism, really money girl. You earlier. <laughs> I texted you earlier. I feel like she's the Sonia Morgan of like this world. This is absolutely like Sonia Morgan's failed John Travolta project. Yes. Like she is like, I'm going to, you know, try my hand at the movie thing because she didn't even get into this until 2009. And then she like acted a little bit, but then this movie, I mean, she's really had a, a, a decade long career and I don't know. I mean, how old is Barbie Castro? I, 
she's supposed to be like a 40 year old woman in this movie. Yeah, I can't really tell because she doesn't look like she's been really facially, you know, lambaste, you know, blasted or whatever. I was gonna no, say she reminds me of like um, Holly Marie Combs a little bit where she was like showing up a little bit natch on the Pretty Little Liars set where it's like, oh, you really been fucked with your face. Like you actually look like a woman your age. Yeah. Well, she loves the word killer, too. OK, well, she was in a Lifetime movie. Um, her first feature film, Assumed Killer, premiered on yeah. Lifetime, <laughs> starring Armand DeSante, Casper Van Dien, and Eric Roberts and Castro. In 2015, she produced and co-starred in her second film, Patient Killer. So why do you need to have killer at the end of... <laughs> she- well, Lifetime likes to do that because they like to do like blank at 17, like blah, blah, blah at 17. She's only 17 and blah, blah, blah. So... She also came out with, after Boyfriend Killer, that same year, she came out with Girlfriend Killer. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. And she said, my original intention, oh, just to answer my question, she's like... Wait, my, like, what happens in the Girlfriend one? I'm going to, I'll read probably about Probably the that. same damn thing. You know, it's the same damn thing. Some, <laughs> like, someone sitting at home, te- some guys texting, where are you? I have been trying to reach you forever. It's like the same exact plot with different people. So, um, as if to answer my question, she says, my original intention was not to make killer movies, all in caps. I just fell into it, and now I love the idea of having a killer library of movies, dot, dot, dot. It's branding for my company as well. When people see killer in the title of a movie, I'm hoping they automatically think that's a Barbie Castro Concord Films production. I really, like, I'm not, like, blown away. I, I love really that she's am. like interviewing herself for her IMDb. Where is she getting her money? Her spouse is Eric R. Castro. What's I his think deal? Sweet, I think it's COO sweet, sweet communism, maybe. Oh, no. He's COO and founder of the Bankers Healthcare Group and serves as the company chief lending officer and chief operating officer. In this role, Mr. Castro oversees the company operations. So he's running a healthcare group. Like, basically, this is like. If your man's was like the top of a pyramid scheme and you like wanted to be famous. Oh my God. I mean, allegedly. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, but just like, making I'm, it up. But looking, I, just looking at her bio, it's hilarious because it goes on for like pages. Barbie Castro is an actress slash producer slash singer who's working in the South Florida entertainment world. She's a bilingual actress. After taking a hiatus from the theater to become a mom and a dynamo Miami based real estate agent, uh, quote-unquote, spark of inspiration from the most unlikely of sources motivated her to return to performing roots more determined than ever to achieve success. Oh, my goodness, girl. Uh Okay, wait a minute. And this is actually, so this is lining up for me. So I went down to her, like, trivia, and she has a daughter and a son, or maybe two daughters, I'm not sure, Reese and Taylor uh, Castro. And they've both appeared in all of her movies, except this... The Reese, whoever that is, they do all the like music sort of tech stuff. And then Taylor, I don't know if you notice later on, we go to a funeral and there's like an odd amount of teenage girls there. And I actually wrote into my notes, I feel like these are all of Barbie's like teenage daughter friends. Like, because why are, why is this like college boys 
funeral packed with tween girls. <laughs> um, also, please tell me that the daughter is the one who plays the female assistant. Because I was like, who'd this girl have sex with? But she's like 12 years old. So I hope she didn't have sex with anybody to get this job. Oh, but- actually, that would be great because... The boyfriend killer assistant really reminded me of Poppy, you know, like Poppy. Yes, and it is her daughter. Taylor Castro does play that assistant because that girl is terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. (laughs) Bless her heart. Am I slow to the punch as hell? Yeah, no, I know. And she had so many scenes with her mommy, too. Oh, that made sense. And they were like, like, we're going to make you like... Oh fuck! She's like somebody, somebody is online too. And like one scene, she comes in like holding flowers in front of her face. <laughs> She's like, "These flowers came for you, miss." I was like, "Oh God, what did this girl to do get, to get her job?" And it turns yeah, out she's born a Castro. She was the second assistant too. Like they had like for some reason someone who they felt was more dynamic than her. And the assistant's like the only one I kind of don't really get into when I do like my initial notes. But he's like, I, the assistant in this movie is one of the greats. Um, we'll get to him in a little bit. I will say overall, this movie is a 5.5 on IMDb, which I didn't think was that bad. Crazy Crystal. Um, I, she really did more. I was thinking about it. I was like, she reminds me of Kristen from Vanderpump Rules. Crazy Crystal is played by um, Kate Manzi. She was on How I Met Your Mother. Probably every time I see a girl who's on How I Met Your Mother, I'm like, oh, she was probably one of the potential moms. I've never seen that show, but is that how that worked? Girl, I ain't watching that show. I mean, come on. Uh, no, okay, I'm not okay. watching that. How I Met Your Mother, I don't even want to hear my own parents talk about that. You know, like, I literally don't care. Talk about how okay, you met, like, a quiet machine, okay? Turn it on and l- let the machine. waves wash over me while I sleep through your story, okay? And then she's been on Days of Our Lives for a very long time, including this while this whole thing was shot. Um, Barbie's mom, okay, so we got Barbie. Okay, then we have the drunk dad, uh, Charles. He's played by Patrick Muldoon, who I figured you would know a lot about because you know the Melrose Place world. Oh, I don't my God, think- Days of Our Lives. Oh. He's a he, this man works. I will say one thing that I took away right away was that this man works a lot. Yeah, Days of Our Lives. He played Austin back when I was in junior high school, and Lisa Rinna played Billy. They were brother and sister, and oh, they were okay. both so hot. You're like, please make out. You know, it's like it went, it's like flowers in the attic kind of thing where you're rooting for them to make out, and then Lisa Rinna really. Pre- pre- um, really got her crying down and she was super popular, but then she quit cause she was too popular to be on days. And I mm-hmm. hated her. Like I was so mad at her, but like Patrick- actually Serena. Yeah. Actual Lisa Rinna. But then mm. um, Patrick Muldoon was so stunningly gorgeous. Like I will never forget him. And he played boxer Austin. He would cut- Actually, you know what? I know who he is. I remember him being hot when I was a kid, like people being like, Oh, he's hot. I mean, honestly, like fall down, even my grandma and her sisters would stop playing cards when he came on because he wasn't only hot and pretended to box, which on a soap opera is one of the funniest things ever to watch somebody box. Sure. I mean, that's got to be yeah. one of the best sports to pick for like a cheap ass soap opera. <laughs> he, he would not only box, but he would cry. He had the best cry and his girlfriend would hurt his feelings and he'd just like cry silently with his shirt off. Oh my God. Like, yeah. This movie was great because like, it was like um, a lot. A lot of the clips I pulled, as opposed to like sometimes those longer, like five, six minute clips that really do a lot of exposition. We don't really need any of that here. There's these just great ninety second bursts of like really good performance, and I think one of them 
was when he comes home drunk. Uh, and just, it's a, it's a great scene. Um, yeah, like the, he's playing a character who's an alcoholic, but I think at this point he might be kind of, you know, method because in the first scene we see him in, he's not supposed to be drunk. He's supposed to be sober, but he's drunk. <laughs> No, like literally like pajamas, like his most comfortable pajamas. Like he just puts on like <laughs> acting drunk is really hard. Like they actually say like, you know, someone's a really good actor when they can act drunk. I will say he was doing a lifetimey version in the scene that I clipped. But like this guy has he is a bar man. Like this is a guy that if you saw him in any bar in America, you'd be like, yeah, he belongs here. I could see that. Like. He is not someone that would not fit in any place that serves alcohol, like in this movie. I don't know this man. Yeah, he's definitely playing. Um, he's he's a drunk and he's playing it very well. He's like, <laughs> and and later when we find out that he's just playing pool there and he's not really a drunk anymore, I was like, oh, so he just showed up to work like that. Yeah, this is like how we regular like regular lives. Okay, so the last person we have to touch on before we go into this is Yancey Butler, who plays Carrie, um, Sandra's sister. And I feel like Yancey Butler, I don't know her real deal, but I bet that Barbie has like admired her her whole career and kind of in a way wanted to make this movie because she could cast Yancey Butler. Because yeah. they do not make sense as sisters whatsoever. Um, Yancey brings something magical to the script for what it is. Um, and really it's a lot of like women, let's remember that this was made in 2017. So like people are not this unaware, basically this is two women like walking through like the basic steps of setting up social media over and over and over again, scene after scene. And I buy it every time. For some reason with these two, I'm like, yes, it's painful. Yes, you should get the cops involved. But because it's you guys, I buy it. Because, um, Car uh, what's her name? Candace, Carrie, whatever her name is, Carrie. I, I don't think she gives a fuck. Okay. Yeah, well, the sister? The sister Carrie? Oh, yeah. she, doesn't, she doesn't give a fuck about anything. No, like, she doesn't. And incredible. she's like, yeah, when her sister's like, what should we do? She's like, uh, I guess call the cops. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Of course. You know, she has that like guttural voice where... Her name is Yancey Butler. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is incredible. Like of, like, of course that's what her voice sounds like. She is like totally iconic, like lower shelf like should be in a john waters movie like i feel like that she would kill it in a john waters movie she has a pretty extensive like character actress type uh, imdb as well yeah i remember her from all my children which i didn't watch but i remember you know flipping around the channels and her being on that and she always had kind of a smoky voice but you know when you're like young and hot and your smoky voice works and then you're like me at my age and suddenly you're just like Bleh! and then like <gasps> wheezing As when I you cough a cigarette? And yeah i do know i do know that <laughs> i mean yancy uh, is our future okay she's like you, all right sorry you about your son, you, honey are, have you weaved in a jewel you know, I started that and it, it made me feel kind of sick. It make, it made me feel worse, I have to say. So I gave well, up the jewel. I would like someone to congratulate me. I gave up the jewel to go back on cigarettes and I'm just going to have to quit both at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm getting, it's getting ridiculous. Well, the deal with the jewel is you can't blast it like you blast cigs. Like you have to, cause one, one, um, 
like thing is the equivalent of a pack. So basically every time you take rips, like you're taking half a cigarette. So that's not why I like smoking. I like, you know, standing outside for 10 10 to 15 minutes. That's why I smoke. The avoidance of it all. Trust me. I know. I love it. Social avoidance. Um, But, you know, I feel like you brought Yancey into my life just at the right time to get me to stop smoking. Because I was like, all I could think about every time she came on was Ronnie, do not smoke. Ronnie, do not. And you're smoking and you're lighting a cigarette and you're inhaling your fifth cigarette during her scene. Damn it. Yancey! Um, okay, so let's get right into it. Boyfriend Killer, the logo comes up. It's metallic, almost like a GIF sort of title that would be in the Instagram GIF like section. It has the word, um, it's like it says Boyfriend Killer, and then the I and Friend and the I and Killer all sort of add up to equal to a knife that we will see later on. Very important knife. Yeah. Um, so we start out right away with some action. I love it when these movies start like this. We see a motorcycle getting run off the road by an SUV. Uh, they're fully trying to kill this man. So all of a sudden we see the POV of the guy on the motorcycle flying off into a ditch. Um, and it's a weird choice to do POV like that because this man dies. Uh, and we know that seconds later. So it seemed weird to have it not like sort of fade to black. As much as just me being like, oh, fuck, did they leave him, like, paralyzed out there in the woods for, like, a day? Like, how quickly did they find this man, right? I just so, kept thinking, only in Lifetime movies do people wear that much motorcycle gear. I mean, that guy looked like he was wearing a tent. <laughs> like, what the, the guy's, like, ready for war. Which you're supposed to do, but, I mean, wow, honestly, he was covered. You are true. Like, that is a Texas thing. That's like, uh, they're also, these people are in Florida. So, like, God, they probably don't even have to wear shoes when you ride a motorcycle. Yeah, there. he needs to be uh, in flip flops and a crop top. Okay. I don't know what these people are thinking over a lifetime. But you guys, motorcycles are fucking terrifying and no one needs to be riding them. And, uh, just don't, don't do it. Um, get a trike like Dr. Laura. <laughs> um, so. There's a big uh, construction site meeting the next day, and right away we see Sandra comes out of the car, um, a.k.a. Barbie, our fucking queen who bought herself this movie. Um, and she, like, goes right out to the, meet one of the main foremen on the site, and he's, like, giving her the download on how long this is going to be. Basically, he's just, like, shoving a lot of jargon down her throat so <laughs> that we know she understands it, and we're totally. like... She's on top of it. Well, Barbie, so she gets- the, when she gets there, this this is our introduction to how she acts. And it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful introduction. So she drives up in like a Ford something. I don't know. It's like some fan. It's like a Ford wannabe Range Rover, you know, or Chevy. Yeah. It? And it kind of looks like a uh, Fiat from really far away. Like it has this <laughs> like white back on it. Like a couple times I was like, oh, is she in a mini? Oh, wait, that's still her. It's this odd like hi- I've never seen it. Yeah, like they're very careful to like class people by their cars in this movie. They're like she's successful, 100. but not like dripping rich. Okay, so she she drives up and she jumps out of the car and she runs from the car. <laughs> she runs up to the construction guy and she's like, "Please tell me what's going on with the permits." It's like, is this a permit emergency? Like, why are you running? Okay, you fucking yeah. Weirdo. She's like, we're supposed to know she's a busy woman on the scene and like. The best part of this is that apparently she's driven out here because she needs to, like, take care of business. So, like, you would think that she wouldn't be, like, luxuriating there. You'd think she would get the, the information she needs and she'd go. But she gets a call from her assistant, Devin. And Devin is the character to watch. Um, he 
basically like i don't know how how would you okay so devin i feel like would be like a flaming homosexual like but we're getting very straight man from him which makes me feel like he might be a magician like type guy like <laughs> like some of the guys i went to high school with that like do acrobatics and stuff now because this man like dresses very jaunty in real life he also just like he's very asexual. I I want to know what Devin's journey is more because he's giving us a lot of personality for us to not know anything more about his interior life. I know. I think he's supposed to be a gay assistant, but she cast one of her like straight friends from the theater in Florida, and he's exactly. kind of like the human equivalent of Yogi Bear, right? Not Yogi he's, Bear, uh, Fozzie, Fozzie Bear. He seems afraid to lean into it. And that's exactly it. It's like that. It's the Fozzie bear of it all where it's like, okay, like, is this guy just like a beta, like a beyond beta male? Or is he gay? Like, is he just a UCB guy? Or like, <laughs> is he a UCB guy that then goes to Fiesta Cantina? Like, no, I don't he's know. like a South Florida uh, dinner theater guy, which I've seen a lot of those guys. But he's not, I think they're trying to make him that. But the actor's not, obviously not flamey or doesn't want to play it flamey. But then they keep dressing him like he is. So I think she told the costume person, her daughter, to, you know, put him in like crazy gay things but then he's not going to do that his main character thing is running like her he he saw her first scene being filmed and he's like i'm gonna run in every scene too because everyone yeah. in her office is constantly running she even has a standing desk yeah oh my god well yeah the standing desk was a revelation for me um i loved it so devin is basically like He's like, hey, you have to come back to the office. She's like, what is it, Devin? I've driven all the way out to this construction site. And she's like, listen, um, the police are here. And she's like, well, what is it? What's going on? He's like, I believe there might be an accident with your son. And then she's like, put them on the phone. So this like woman comes up to the phone, this like sheriff or whatever. And she's like, ma'am, there's been an accident. You need to meet us at the hospital. So I wrote in my notes, why the fuck would they make her drive back to the office to hear this? Like, I understand the idea of like, okay, we got to tell this person while she's grounded or whatever. Yeah. But like, if have her come to the office and then we'll have her go to the hospital. <laughs> right. It's like, I understand the formality of it. Like, we all want that moment where like the cop knocks on the door and you're like, oh, my God, wait, what happened? Um, but like, we know what happened. Got to get your ass to the hospital. So She's been asked to identify the body. Her sister, Yancey, a.k.a. Carrie, she's been asked, um, like, she's been asked to, like, hand the pictures over. And she's, like, in charge of it. And she's basically, like, take as much time as you need with the pictures, honey. And her sister's like, no, just give them to me. So she flips them over. Sure enough, that's her dead son in the pictures. I'm so glad they didn't have to do a body reveal. Well, I mean, it's such lifetime. It's such a lifetime dead person picture because he is so adorable. Even his, it looks like he closed his eyes during a headshot session. Like he looks adorable. That is no motor crash, motorcycle crash victim. You know? Yeah. No. She's like, yep, that's not. Preston because he's still hot, even dead. That is mine. He has a little like light bruising on his neck. Like it's not. It doesn't look like what you would expect, right? Especially. I mean, I do wonder, like, when he died, because we did get to see a good 15 seconds or whatever of, like, his POV of just staring up at the trees. Yeah. And I'm like, man, how long did he lay there? Could we have saved him? <laughs> um, yeah. And Yancey's like, oh, 
Uh, okay. She has that voice, and then they both they both cry, but <laughs> they do that like discount Botox cry where you've gotten this Botox off like Groupon or wherever, and then um your face doesn't scrunch up at all, like even for Botox, because uh. we're used to seeing Botox cry, right? But we know now that your nose can scrunch in the center when it yeah. has Botox, but these are like wonky places are moving on there. It's like an ear twitching, you know, while you're crying or something. Oh, that is so uncomfortable. Oh my God. I didn't it's so even hard think to of watch. It. It's so oh, hard to watch. Oh no. Cause you oh, want to help. Like, I don't care about Barbie, but I feel what like Yancey. What are you Yancey, even Botoxing when you can't scrunch your nose? I mean, girl, I don't know. I think it's just misplaced because they think, well, anybody can do Botox. That's easy. But no, everybody can't do Botox, okay? Because they stab you in the wrong place, and then you're stuck like that your entire lifetime movie. Don't do any, like, sort of, like, facial anything or body anything on Groupon. I mean, maybe a scrub down or a massage, but that's about it. Yeah, it's like buying Uh, a condom from the dollar store. You know, some things you just have to go to the right people for. So let's play 330 to 522. So, I pull my bike up in front of the door as usual, and this cop comes up and he starts writing me a ticket, and I said, what about the other 20 motorcycles out on the sidewalk? What makes me so special? (laughs) Hey, Charles, your phone. Give me another soda. Sandra, hey, what a surprise. I have bad news. <laughs> really bad. What is it? What's going on, Sandy? Are you okay? Is Preston okay? <clears throat> Hi, Charles, it's Carrie. Sorry, uh, Sandra's having a hard time. Tell me what's going on. Preston was killed. Early this morning in a motorcycle accident. Um, the police say that he was going pretty fast and, and lost control. I'm going to stay here tonight, but I think it would be good if you came. You two will have to start making arrangements. Charles? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get to first uh, flight out in the morning, okay? <sighs> okay. See you soon. Charles. What? I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. I understand that this man could have been more proactive in the child's life, but like, this is a really fucking rude way (laughs) to tell someone that their kid is dead. And like the way she says at the end, she's like, he was killed. Well, first of all, why killed? Okay. That's like, I mean, I guess he was killed in a motorcycle accident, but like, just like he, he died today in a motorcycle. We found out, you know, we lost him or whatever. Okay. And then the way she says sorry to him at the end, she goes, like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, by the way. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, by the way. And he's like, yeah, because they've worked out. They've, they've, like, sat behind the scenes and been like, what is our backstory? 
What, right. what would Yancey think about Patrick's raising of this child and leaving the family? And he's like, yeah, I think she'd hate him. And he'd be resentful that she always hated him, but he still loves his kid. You know that they went through all this actory talk before? Because she's like... 100%. And, like, I do... I mean, of course, I don't think this movie's sophisticated enough that they were, like, acting through the phone. Like, I think they absolutely are responding to, like, an, like a PA reading the lines. But, like, I, I just... I... I don't I don't think now is the time. Like I think that whatever this man did, they're going to come together later in a way that just really makes Carrie look like a fucking crazy person. <laughs> yeah. Like the way she handles this is awful. Um Well, she's like so- I'm the sister who's mad about you about how you treated my sister, which I get, yeah. but um yeah, she's coming off as an ass and also when she goes I just had to tell you because the two of you are going to have to make arrangements. It's like, thanks a lot. What are you busy? Like, what are you doing? You're her sister. And like, additionally, like this is not the time. Like there was never a conversation that they probably all got together and were like, how are we going to handle this? Like if the kid dies in a motorcycle accident, like this is a time where you kind of like put all that shit aside and really try to be like, I can get you, I have Delta points. Like, what do you need? Like, how do I get you here to like properly do this? This is not a time to hold grudges. Yeah. And so, we see why he left. Cause it's like the first second she talks to him after all these years, she's giving him a to-do list, you know? Yes. Um, but can we also say just like the bartender's loyalty to Charles who treats him like shit? Cause he's like, Charles, your phone. Like, I don't even know what that line reading. Like, I don't even really know what that was. It was definitely, like, a local hire or perhaps, like, I don't know, like, the guy that, like, fucking works at the dry cleaner where Barbie goes. But, like, <laughs> this man, his job is, like, to kind of casually watch Charles's phone. He comes over and answers it. Um, if I was working in a bar and my customer's phone was ringing, I probably wouldn't tell them. Just FYI, just like sell more drinks or whatever else, more diet coke. Yeah, because if you think about it, this fucking Patrick Muldoon, okay, this is so Patrick Muldoon, by the way. This is how he is in real life, in my mind. He goes into a bar, he just drops his phone on the bar, you know, all his shit's all over the bar, right? He's that guy. Mm -hmm. And then the bar, he's expecting the bartender to answer his phone, do all this shit. He's not even paying, okay? He's having a soda. Like, how much yeah. do you think the bartender even makes off this dick? And then. No, actually, like, <laughs> legally, you're not allowed to charge for sodas in a bar. If you, um, if you're not, if you're like with anyone else, you can't charge people for soda in a bar. Oh, wow. So there you go. So Patrick Bontin is taking up space. Then he's spending quarters that the bartender doesn't get on that pool machine. And then he's taking up the whole pool machine the whole day, telling the dumbest stories about, like, about being impolite. Okay. He's like, being victimized by the local police <laughs> he's like i put my back up as usual and uh he starts writing me a ticket and i'm like what about the other motorcycles he's like oh, hey God. i'm at, i'm out here acting like a fucking asshole <laughs> and then this cop pulls me over and i'm like hey i'm not the only fucking asshole out here look at all of you right and like i would say that like he could be an asset to a bar just as like a sober person and that i feel like he could keep going longer than most people and so he would be able to like you know, these like locals were really enjoying the conversation. This townie convo was like killing it for them that night. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a couple that's like sitting on a bench together, cuddling and kissing. I'm like, oh, yeah, great story to kiss to, you know? And then yeah. he asks, what makes me so special? I'm like, really? You know what's making you special right now? Her name is Barbie. Okay. <laughs> and also, like, you're about to get a call 
Like the juxtaposition is so blunt in Lifetime. Or it's like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, my life. Like what makes me so special? Even though he's being, uh, it's ironic. Then he gets a call that his fucking son's dead. Of a motorcycle. So it's his fault because he's got a motorcycle too. So now we're going to cut to a beautiful day. Um, A young girl is eating brunch and she calls and leaves a message for this guy, Preston. Um, I said in my note, this must be his girlfriend. I'm acting like it's my first time watching this. Um, but there's something off about her. And then later that night, we have dinner with her parents. Um, they have a fucking fat-ass mansion. It is beyond beyond. Um, and another reason why I think that this is like clearly a privately funded movie. Um, she's an only child, and they have a wait staff. We're just going to play about a minute and a half from this dinner. It's 6.08 to 7.45. Just awful. So I kept calling and calling, and then he just never showed up. And I don't know. I think that if I, I thank you, Anna. Anyway, so finally I left because I mean, what else is I supposed to do? I mean, he wouldn't answer me. You don't need that. I noticed you put on a little weight. I do hope Preston's okay. You hear so many frightening stories about people. Getting carjacked and mugged. Mommy, that doesn't happen as often as you think. It's just because you stay home and watch the news all day. Now that Preston's out of the picture, maybe you could call Jack. What do you mean out of the picture? Sounds like he wants nothing to do with you. Preston loves me and I love him. It's just very unlike him. That's all, Daddy. So please stop bringing up Jack, okay? Honey. Call Jack and see if he'll uh, give you a second chance. He's not taking a date to the awards dinner. It's two weeks away. Give you a little time to uh, lose a few pounds. Well, not to move this conversation abruptly to my current boyfriend, but I'm going to go call some of his friends and see if they know where he is. I really do hope he's okay. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so much beauty, so much beauty lot. in this. There's everything was said. Everything was said. Um, I will say the one thing that you did not hear was that she was disgusted by the presence of the maid. Like when the maid brought the food out, she stopped her conversation and then continued it a beat later. Like, oh, like I'm trying like this is private family conversation. <laughs> Maria, who's probably been here for 45 years. Like this family is fascinating to me. I need to know. It's like. Um, a very, very wealthy Indian man with his wife that looks completely glazed over and chucked out. Who's like, basically looks like a second grade teacher from Maine. And like, then they have this daughter who's like wearing a, a like a, like a faux Hervé Leger peach dress to dinner with like a matching cardigan over top. They have a servant. He like talks to her about her body. Like he like, you know, honestly, this is almost one of those areas in life where I'm like, you know what? You're one of those people you can only be gotten through to by body shaming. Like her father will sit there and say, I I really do have questions about nature versus nurture throughout this entire movie. 
But let's get your take. Well, this is so a lifetime where they're like, she's a killer because her dad didn't like her eating carbs and commented on her weight. Listen, if that made you, if that, if that gave you an excuse to be a killer, I'd have killed half the city by now. Okay. Also, (laughs) I think it's like chicken or egg with this where it's like, I think she's a fucking impossible person. And like, that's also why her dad is like so fed up with her. It's like, you are a fucking pest. Like, how am I going to get you out of my life? Like, (laughs) I think that she also is very vain and feeds into that. So it's like, it's not as if she's like some brilliant science minded, like baby girl sitting at the end of the table. She's a fucking dunce. Like, I don't (laughs) think he's right for the way he treats her. But like I would, I, it would. She be testing my patience for sure. Well, she's old enough that like if you don't like that, then move the fuck out of the house. Okay, I still get it when That's I come home. Thing. It's like, do you lo- yeah. do you want diabetes? That's like been the question on the lips of my family this trip. And, she also, know, I consider too, that a hug. Okay, she, right. That's exactly like I feel like for for if you are used to that, you kind of get used to that, which always makes me wonder that this movie and thankfully i don't think they did what they do in a lot of lifetime movies where they just start to like be like movies also like this are about like bipolar disorder and like things that are not right but this woman clearly has a personality disorder of some type yeah I don't this know one they, if they were blaming it on anything it was like lack of carbs and then they do this thing where they the first time you see her they're telling you she's crazy and they do it if you've watched enough lifetime movies you know the clues and this the big sign in this one is that she chews gum in every scene like she's just fucking crazy and that's why she's chewing gum in every scene <laughs> it's such a Everything lifetime thing casual to her because that's the whole thing is we need to get through that like all of these things that any other person would normally take seriously and personally. And this, it's a walk in the park for this sweetie. She's like, whatever. So, um, basically, um, Carrie checks in on Sandra the next day. Who's wearing an, Oh, later that night. Sorry. So like, let's say your son just died. Okay. And your sister comes in and checks in on you. Are you wearing matching silk pajamas staring like outwardly like clutching a picture outward facing to your chest so that the picture is facing towards the person walking in the room just in this big picturesque white room it is like the falsest like it's one of those things where it's like well i guess you can't judge how someone grieves like sort of moments but but it's like dog like I feel like this is like some Bethany Frankel shit where it's like, wow, like even in all of this, you still found matching pajamas. Like I'd be running around with a comb lodged in my hair for four days. <laughs> yeah. Her grieving was pretty. She's like, we need to make sure that we get enough scenes in there with the grieving. Okay. Those pajamas are not cute enough. <laughs> Can we get some cuter grieving pajamas? I am Barbie. And Barbie's like, do you not get that my character is rich as fuck? Like, how tufted can this headboard be? <laughs> so she tells her sister, you know what? Leave me alone for the night. I'm good. I don't need you to sleep in here. I just want to be alone and remember my son. Um, so then we get a flashback to the days mom bought her, his motorcycle. Totally surprised by it. Very down-to-earth kid, considering how wealthy he grew up. And he's like, hop on the back. She's like, I'll do anything to see you happy. Um, so basically like this is one of the only moments in the movie that you could feasibly see this woman being a mother to like a 21 year old because like, she's very like, Oh, you know, like, Oh, she's doing a lot of like, 
you know, sort of just like hand flapping at him. And it's like, oh, okay, like I see the mom in her. But she also looks like not an L.A. 36, but she looks like an America 36. Like if you were in like most places in America, you'd be like, whoa, you're 46. Like you look fucking great. Yeah. Um, but she's supposed to have like a 22, 23 year old son. So I'm confused. Um, but then we, we go I back to like Barbie producer and South Florida entrepreneur. How dare you? I imagine she's like that backstage. She acts like this nice, like mom, but backstage she's like, I'm Barbie. Well, can you just imagine like this version of a Tommy Wiseau, like literally just like fucking that into herself. Like literally like I'm going to produce a movie I'm going to star in it. It will be a movie. And also, my name is Barbie. And who know who knows where this fucking money is coming from? I will and also, have matching pajamas. I'm a Castro, damn it. Yeah, it's like, it's it's interesting because it's almost like also the money all... And it really is a little bit like uh, the, the room, um, the disaster artist. What's it called? The room? Yeah, like, the room. It is a little bit like that because it's like... Well, all the money went to the wrong things. Like you had so many great things you could have done here, but all the money went to matching pajamas and really great locations. And you so, know, it also went to things like because she probably drives the Range Rover. You know that the little girl that the girl drives the the mm-hmm. killer, and she's the probably like, wagon. yeah, she's probably like, you know the what? G-wagon. I need a poor person car. Let's go get one of those Chevys. <laughs> Just trying to right, be a Range right. Rover. Yeah, and you pointed out at the top where it's like the people in this car like aggressively identify by their cars. She, the um, Crystal, our killer, or whatever you want to call her, she's our killer. She drives a fucking silver G wagon. Like that is one of the like craziest. It's crazy. That's one of those cars. When I meet people that drive that, I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, <laughs> you got insurance money for that. You got payment money for that. You got gas money for that. God, no like, kidding. It looks like a mobile home. I mean, it's a big it, square box. Yeah, it's a, it's it's one of those cars. that's like you've got a point to prove, and I see that. So, um, through tears, um, we flash back now to the present day. And through tears, Sanders writing a Facebook update that says, with a heavy heart, I regret to inform everyone that my son, Preston Durrell, died earlier today in a tragic motorcycle accident. He'll be missed by many. I will post information regarding the services soon. She presses, uh, she presses send. Um, and it's like kind of hard not to notice that her previous post was for a gorgeous three-bedroom, three-bathroom um, that you should message her to inquire more about. Um <laughs> And I just wrote here that there's something so demented about this to me for some reason. And I know that this is actually not demented in how a lot of people communicate these losses to each other. Um, But there was just something so uncomfortable about watching her do this the same day in her bed in these matching pajamas. Like after just having like uncovered a memory of buying him the vehicle he died on. It just, it's like a, it's a lot to, it was a lot for me as a viewer in a way that I wasn't like, oh wow, how impactful for her. But in a way that I was like, wow, how fucking terrible are we running this world at this point? That this is how we. <laughs> yeah. like, and also, like, like, also, it's such a mom thing to not separate your business from your personal profile, you know? Like, yeah. why, why do I have to, why do your customers want to hear about a three bedroom that's open and then your dead child? Like, I feel for you and everything, but I'm just looking for real estate. You know what I mean? Like, what, what did I sign up for here? 
It's because it's like an MLM. Like, it's so intertwined <laughs> to her identity. So, um, anyway, so... Um, it's also uh, so sad Crystal- that my only thought was she probably just got so many unfollows. Oh, oh, I feel like what's unfortunate is that she probably got a lot of unfollows after the last real estate ad, and now all these people don't know that Preston's dead. Yeah, she's like, didn't you read it on Facebook? And they're like, oh, I'm awkward. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, have not been checking lately. So um, Crystal finds out the news, and flat as anything, she says, Mommy, Preston's dead. He died in a motorcycle accident. His mom just posted about it. And like the mom has more emotion than she does, which says a lot when you find out how pilled out this mom is later on. God, um, the mom's the mom's pill acting. You know, when you were saying people can't act drunk, this yeah. mom is so that person. Yeah. She's, she's like, like, I'm on pills. I worry about carjackings. I'm like, oh, good. Well, she literally is like Patsy Ramsey, like the day after Jean Bonnet, like is discovered that is who she is at all times in this movie, which I will say, like, if you've been rocking a solid 20 years of that benzoed out, like, God bless. If you're if you've got a rich husband, I would do the same thing. Yeah. The important thing is you still get on those shoulder pads every day, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you put your face on those shoulder pads, it's all there. <laughs> so the next morning, um, Cassie, the sisters made a breakfast. Um um, her her sister the the way that they talk to each other is like more like I talk to my best friends that I feel like are sisters than like my cousin that I feel is a sister because she's like that's so sweet thanks sis and her sister goes yeah hey baby how you feeling yeah. and I'm like ew like actual like family doesn't talk to each other like that no family's like hey baby like. <laughs> No, my family and I label each other. We literally go, hi, sister. Hi, brother. (laughs) Yeah. We're like it kind of in a Lifetime movie in a way, because in these, they label everything they're doing at every second. She's like, I'll just pick up this empty pizza box and this beer. It's like, you're... First of all, who raised your son? You should be ashamed of yourself. He can't even clean up after oh, himself. Yeah, there's, I know. By the I way, know. Uh, my mom should be ashamed of herself, too, because that is totally my house. Well, like, also, like, that, it'd be different if you knew you were leaving your house to die. Like, that's, <laughs> there'd be that. But, like, um, no, I think, like, the way that she calls her sis, it, I think it makes me uncomfortable just because, like, it's so zeitgeisty to be like, hey, sis, hey, sis. Like, that's how Christina and I talk to each other. So I'm just like, sissy. My sister and I, we call each other sissy. But, like, that's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. So, uh, so then um, the girl comes out, um, crazy face crystal and she turns no, on the light wait, wait, wait almost so oh sorry so they get to preston's place that that day to sort of pack some stuff up you are right though we're on the right on the right path and the mom comes in right away she goes into mom mode and she picks up the beer in the in the box pizza box some wings and she's like almost like crying into like a plate of like bo- wing bones um and she turns on the light and there is um, what's her face standing right there, Crystal? God, this right? woman has big, dark death eyes. I mean, the actor herself, she has big, big, huge black eyes. They're terrifying. There has to be like something tr- like truly, truly wrong with this character to not realize how scary that is. Like to think about the long con she thinks she's about to pu- like pull off over the next couple of weeks. I know that we're not supposed to think this character's sane, 
But like right away, she comes in full, full intimidation tactics. Yeah. Um, She's like fully Heather Dubrow, like a younger version of Heather Dubrow, just like terrifying big Coraline mom eyes. So, so, um, she's like, uh, so basically they're like, why are you here? And she's like, oh, I was here because I was worried I hadn't heard from him. And then, yeah, she's um, like, I read your Facebook and also I wanted to show up to ask you about that three bedroom. (laughs) Like, like it's so, it's like, girl, like if you read the Facebook, then you know, he's not going to come home. And this also, this is 24 hours after the Facebook now. That we're having this conversation. So um, she said she tried to call him over and over again. He didn't answer. Um, she's like, uh, the mom's like, oh, you know, his his phone was lost lost in the car crash. She's like, oh, do you do you have it? She's like, no. <laughs> like right away, this girl does know. She's like such a bad actress. She's such a bad psychopath. Like she really needs to like you know, pull it up a little bit, get it together. If she wants to be a good psychopath. So she introduces Carrie as Preston's ex-girlfriend. Um, and she's, uh, introduces her to Carrie rather as Preston's ex-girlfriend. And she's like, wait a minute. No, we were still very much together. I actually live here. It's only been about a week. We're going back and forth so much. Just makes sense that we move in together. Uh, so strange that Preston never mentioned that to you at all. So, um, basically we find out mom does know of her, but just, as an ex. Um, she's like, do you want us, do you want me to get you coffee or tea? This is supposed to be a big turning moment in the movie where she's like, yeah, I'll go get it. And she has no idea what cabinets in it cabinets in. And I feel like this is very like they use this in like encyclopedia Brown books where they'd be like, someone was looking for the coffee over and over again. So mom takes note of the fact that she has no idea where the tea is. Um, and she goes, obviously I don't drink much tea. So then Kayla in this like little, like, it was like a club dress. She's sitting there across from the mom and the sister on the couch. And she's like, you know, I just feel like he's going to like walk through that door at any minute. And That's I'd be why like, I left his pizza and beer on the table. Yeah. And I'm also, then why didn't you put some fucking clothes on, bitch? <laughs> like you look like you literally like are coming to or going from like, did you walk of shame back to your dead boyfriend's apartment? I'm unclear on this outfit. And I'm not, like, shaming it for her generally. I'm just saying it makes no sense in terms of, like, who this person is supposed to believe, right? Or even just, like, a classy young woman. Like, this is fucking 2 p.m. So she tells Sandra that she'd like to be involved in the planning of his burial if she can. And Sandra's like, you know what? Here's a boundary. His dad and I will be doing that. Um, So Carrie's like, you know what? You should probably just get the apartment packed up. We only have about two weeks until the end of the month. And she says, oh, that's no big deal. Crystal says, no big deal. I'm, I'm staying here anyway. I think I'm just going to stay here through the rest of the month if that's okay. And they're like, well, like, why would you want to do that? And she's like, you don't want to kick me out, do you? I mean, I have to go through all of this stuff. And, like, I need to process this. Staying here will help me grieve. Um, all really, like, weird answers that they're not bumping on. They know this is weird. They're oddly not in any sort of like protective mom mode that I would hope moms would be in when they find out their child's murder. Yeah, I mean, I'm no mother, but I think my first question would be like, if you live here, then why would you just leave his pizza and beer on the table? <laughs> like, I get that that's his responsibility, <laughs> you, but why wouldn't you, you just... To, yeah. You, like, you're going to get rats, you know? It like, all comes back to why the fuck was the pizza left out? That's, exactly. To me, it does. Like, I can't get over it. I'm like, how could you say you live there when you just leave that shit on the table? You will get rats, okay? 
Okay, okay. So Carrie's taking apart the office computer, and um, Mom's like, hey, sis, take a picture of the cables. So <laughs> That Crystal is so my Mima, okay, trying to take a picture on her cell phone of cable oh, cords. So it. she remembers how to put in the power cord and the Ethernet cable. But, like, don't forget that this is the beginning of Sandra going full Max and Neve on Catfish, trying to solve the murder of her son without ever once involving the Miami PD. Yeah. Like, like this woman is a rich and powerful woman. Her son was, like, died very mysteriously. There's a lot of evidence that there was foul play involved. And, and it this never woman even dawns does... on her that there's foul play. That's the no. funny thing. Like it's at the end when she thinks there's foul play, she's like, oh, "What?" But like, even when they're like, even like halfway through the movie, when they've like stacked up enough clues that it's like, okay, I possibly a woman who does not have information into like how to hack into like Facebook accounts. I mean, she's literally calling like the Facebook dot com, <laughs> like calling their head offices being like my son's dead can i have the password <laughs> which there's a lot of questions i have around that but um yeah so crystal walks in holding some suitcases um and she does not like that they're anywhere near the computer um so i wrote here i don't know how these people pretend to believe in this but let's play 1510 to 1706 like a little tight one one minute 50 second clip Take a picture of the cables so we know how to hook it back up. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, hey, what, what are you doing? Taking his computer. There are some photos and things Sandra would like to keep. Well, we share that computer. I have stuff on there, too, so you, you, can't, you can't take that. Why don't you just transfer what's yours on to another drive? Well, I could do that. I just don't, I don't have another drive. Okay. I don't mean to be petty, but that, I actually bought that computer. Preston's wasn't working very well, so we just decided to, to scrap his and start over with this one together. So that's why you can't um, you can't take it because it's it's mine. But I can I can get a drive and put Preston's stuff on it for you. Uh, it'll probably just take me like a day or so. So maybe I can give that to you like tomorrow. That'll work. Great. Okay. No, I just think it might be easier if she wasn't there hovering. I know. That was so awkward. I had no idea she would be there. How much do you know about her? Not much. Preston never talked to me about things like that. I only met her a few times. I thought she was sweet enough. You introduced her as his ex? Because I thought they had broken up. Preston told me a few weeks ago that he was going to end it. I guess they reconciled. Sandra, you have a text message from Dickhead. Would you like me to read it or ignore it? Read it. Sandy, my flight from Philly's been delayed. Should land around 6.30 tonight. We'll text you once I land. Okay, see you then. Send. You may want to change that back to So basically what we just had, what just happened was that Crystal like made all of these terrible lies up about how she needed the computer, how she didn't want to be petty, how the computer was hers, how she would get a hard drive. Preston's computer broke. He's a loser. She figured she would pick up the tab. Um, Also, then there was a scene with um, Carrie and the mom in the car where basically like 
they're both discussing the fact that Crystal's hovering is very odd. They're like, it's weird. Like, why, you know, that was a lot of, like, pressure. We got to, like, get her out of there. And they're like, yeah, that was really weird, right? And I'm kind of like, why won't either one of you stand up for yourselves? Especially Carrie, I feel like, would absolutely eviscerate Crystal. None of this would have gone any further if she had been more assertive. But they're both, like, kind of, like, leaning back and just letting this happen. Um, I do want to say also that the Louis Vuitton game in this movie is very strong. Both um, Carrie and uh, and Sandra carry Louis Vuitton's the entire movie like in such a statement way <laughs> that I don't even know what to do with it. Like it's really like beyond a status symbol in this movie. They're like holding it. It's like a club that I couldn't belong in, <laughs> yeah. but I do belong to. But I feel like it belongs to them more than me. <laughs> yeah. um, Crystal, we go to a little montage of Crystal moving some of her stuff into his place. She hangs up some stuff in the closet. She puts toiletries away. Basically, um, it's making it look like she's been living there for a long time. She tries to hack into his social media accounts, but to no avail. She starts throwing papers around the room in the office. She has like a complete meltdown doing this. So Charles much time. Gets- There's like this scene in every movie where they're like, damn it! Papers! Fuck! Papers! Fuck! And, like, the best part that I think you missed about her earlier or that might be coming up is that, like, when she's alone trying to pack up stuff in the office, she's literally dropping it like it's fucking trash. Like, it's (laughs) absolute garbage. Like, she couldn't be bothered with it less. Yes. And chewing her gum. She's like, this is my acting choice, gum chewing. So So Sandra uh, is pouring herself some wine in the kitchen that night, um, and Charles comes in, her her ex-husband. He lets himself in, and she's like, I'm about to help myself to some wine. Do you want some? And he's like, I'm actually, he's like, I'm back on the wagon. I've been doing well now for a little bit. So it sounds great. We know that. He was drinking sodas at the bar. Um, He's like, let me pour it for you so I can show you how on the wagon I am. And he opens it, and it's like, glug, 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 glug. And he's just staring down at the wine. And I'm like, I know that we're supposed to be trying to read if there's romance in this scene, but all I can think is his pressure of, like, glugging wine into a glass, you know, and he's just staring at it. 100% thinking the same thing, which is like, baby, you've got nothing to prove. And, like, what's her face? Sandra believes that, too, because she says to him right away, like, are you okay with this? And he's like, no. Yeah, no problem. I'm all good. So um, they retreat to the living room to talk, apparently. Uh, And then we see Crystal back at Preston's house. And she calls a guy who is thrilled when she answers. Um, She's like, like, what are you up Just coding a new game because of computer code. I'm a computer coder who likes coding games. Games, games, code, code. Games, but games, what are, what's up with you? What's up with you? <laughs> like, I mean, it's a, that thing that it's like literally like not. He was not coding. That guy was like flipping between like jizzed on pages of like Playboys he had buried in the woods somewhere earlier that week. So um, she she basically is like, hey, I need help with something. So then we cut back to Charles bringing Sandra a box of stuff by the pool. He's like, here it is. Box number one. Um and he's like, this beautiful, this is a beautiful pool area, which like, let's like, like look at the realities of this. When we met him, he was in a dive bar of Illinois. What we will know later is that this guy has been blue collar, stayed blue collar, and that his ex-wife has like been on the consistent up and up as long as they've been together. And it kind of like swallowed their relationship alive. Basically, he's not man enough to be with a strong woman. No? Yeah, that's what they say. I mean, 
He's like, I was jealous. I figured I'd just leave you and I'd be a bad person instead of being weak. I was like, uh. (laughs) Right. Cool logic. Yeah, such guy logic. So um, she's like, yeah, the being by the pool reminds me of Preston. So they open up the boxes and they find like a like a little card of him, like uh, his base first baseball picture. And by the way, like, you know, it's adorable, whatever. We find out that they took that picture right after dad left. And then right away they find after that the receipt from the computer that allegedly Crystal had bought. So now I'm starting to realize this isn't just like a cute box of like old photos. This is like bric-a-brac. Like this is all the mishmash of papers and pictures and shit you have in your apartment. Because yeah. why else like would there Val be? like packs. And this is, that is my biggest fear. Is like, I, I write this throughout this entire movie. My biggest fear is like dying and just having passwords handed over to people or, like, my mom getting a fucking box full of, like, my baby pictures and, like, notebooks I've written obscene shit. And, and like, just, like, I, I just need a – we all need a good friend that, like, within six hours of our death will take whatever we have in our house and burn it. Yes. Well, we need to we need to just invent a box that is hooked to your heart. And then when, you're, you know, there's, like, some remote control hooked to your heart. So anything you want burned, once you die and your heart stops ticking, the box burns. I feel like that's actually like not far from very close view. That's like that's like Black Mirror's like yeah, like that's not advanced enough for us. But like, <laughs> but like, because that's how that's how close to the future it is. Uh, Hopefully, so, of course, oh, I, you know I smoke a lot, so and I eat a lot too, so my heart stops occasionally. <laughs> but that's so that's, I just you still yeah, want I'd, I'd like have indigestion a- and then lose everything important. You know, I'm like, damn it, I burped too hard and I lost my birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, honey, I would I hate that. I would do everything I could to stand up for you in that situation. Well, thank you, babe. So. Um, basically she explains to, uh, her ex-husband, the whole deal with crystal. She says that the serial numbers on the computer and uh, for the, the computer receipt and the computer match. Um, she can't believe that, um, or basically he's like, Oh, why would she want to steal the computer? And she's like, there's no reason why she wouldn't unless there was something on there. She didn't want us to see, you know, she's Nathan Keller's daughter, the Keller's drilling company. She's fucking loaded so like she's oil money she's she's money money um this is and just which like we stretching knew. this is stretching so far for plot <laughs> like okay let's have them sit and go through a box where they'll find a child picture and then a receipt and then she'll have taken pictures of the serial number on accident because they were trying to f- how about she just was going through a dead son's shit and saw a credit card thing and saw that on his credit card? Like, why do we need to have well, the mom okay. and aunt taking pictures of serial numbers and all this shit? I agree with that, but I also feel like we get this payoff, quote unquote payoff later on of like him and the mom sort of like go, like having a having a moment where they're like yelling and they're talking about like the past. There's a couple moments and I feel like we needed to sort of establish their dynamic. And okay. I know that that was just like a small thing to do. But I agree with you. I would have knocked all that out. But we do get a couple moments later on where I'm like, wow, I, like we're really getting some shit about this. Like not only are these people who are focusing on like the, the kid who died, 
like there's some deep shit back here somewhere, which made me think that Barbie wanted this to be a real movie and then like accepted later that it was just going to be Lifetime. Yeah. She's I like, damn it. When Al Pacino it. dropped the role of the father, then I knew we were doomed. I feel like she probably put down like the first like million on this and then brought it to Marvista and was like, listen, I'm willing to pay a million dollars to get this done. If you can raise up the other half a million and find a home for it, like, let's do it. I feel like she paid a million of her own dollars to do this. Oh, my God. I'm just so jealous of her children. I want to be her assistant. He's like, know. Care or Barbie, you have somebody online too. It's like, boom, I'm a star. Thanks, mom. Well, maybe we could, um, maybe like I could find a way to reach out to her. And then if I, if I ever get to do an interview with her, would you do it with me? Fuck yeah. I'll be like, South Florida Dinner Theater. Have you ever heard of the Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater in Jupiter, Florida? I trained there. That's right. <laughs> You're like, honey, welcome home. <laughs> so. Sanders uh, uh, talking about getting information about his social media accounts. Her ex comes in. So Charles comes in shirtless. So Sanders been on the phone with like the Facebook.com trying to get these things. Charles sends in because he's like, oh, I remember this yelling. And he's like not wearing his shirt. And he's like, hey, come down. He kind of gives her a thing. Right. So then Kayla comes in. Um, next scene. She comes uh, helps a guy load in the computer right when it's packed up. His mom gets there. She's like, scooch, scooch, scooch. Like, go, go, go. Get out of here. So he gets out of there. They don't realize that, like, what's in that trunk is the computer. They just think, like, for a second, for a brief moment, it's, like, her guy friend. Um, So we're going to fast forward to this couple minutes. It's 2325 to 2440. So uh, how long is this going to take? Not long. Really? Yeah. I'll start working on it as soon as I get home. I wonder who that is. You have to go. What? Now you have to go. Bye. Hey. Hi. Hi. How are you? I hope we didn't stop you from going somewhere with your friend. Oh, no, no. That's, uh, that's just my cousin, actually. I gave him the computer to pull Preston's stuff off of it for you. He took our son's computer? Mm-hmm. Um, this is Charles Preston's father. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. I've heard so much about you. Oh, please, <laughs> come in. Yeah. Hey. You want to know what's weird? Not a single piece of mail is addressed to this girl. You want to know what else is weird? She has all these clothes and not one pair of shoes. When I go on vacation, I take at least four pairs. She lives here and has none. Okay. <laughs> so they busted her for not having any shoes in the closet and not having mail at the place. Mail, I feel like, makes sense after two weeks. But the shoes, come on. Yeah, and the mom is like, you know what else is weird? She only has one pair of shoes. When I vacation, I take four pairs of terrible shoes. And she just lives here with one. I was like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, I love that I this know. is I their mean, clue. Like she brings up a good point. She brings up a good point. At the same time, I feel like there were so many things that were pointing to her not living there <laughs> far before this. Like, this is the detective work they're doing. They really need to call the police about this. Yeah, for real. And say, 
you literally have my son's body on ice. Like, I think there's time that we could still like work on some of this. They all just like, I mean, I guess like something like a motorcycle accident, you say, okay, that's like clean, whatever. But if there's like skid mark tires all around it, like maybe there's more going on. (laughs) So Kayla tosses a bunch of his stuff into a box like it's the garbage. We talked about that. As at the apartment, Crystal says that Preston's friends have been asking at the service. It will be on Thursday. She gives one of her very long, empty hugs. uh, Crystal likes to hug people and like just like stare into like a non-existent horizon. Like (laughs) saying that she's staring into the horizon is like too generous because the horizon is gorgeous. Like she's just staring. She's black soul uh, eyes. She has black eyes. She's like sucking in whatever energy she can. It's so the, scary. Yeah. That is so scary. So um, we get a good sob here from Barbie, who I wrote probably just made this movie so she could show off these chops. Um, it's in the funeral home. We're going to play another two quick two minute clip. It's uh, 2533 to 2744. Is that fair? He was only 22. I should have never gotten him the motorcycle. What? Maybe he'd still be here if I didn't get him the motorcycle. Don't even start with that. If you didn't get it for him, he would have got it himself. You don't know that. I absolutely know that. He almost saved up enough money for it before you surprised him on his birthday. How do you know? Because he told me. I thought the two of you didn't talk. I called him just a few days before his 21st birthday. Just like I always did. Only this time he called me back. I even flew down a few times to see him. I thought I was the closest person to Preston, but there are so many things about him that I didn't know. Well, no kid tells their parents everything. But look, he loved the bike. He loved you. And he could not have asked for a better mother. Thank you. Hello? Miss Cruz? Yes? I'm from Avenda Media. We own the ISP that posted your son's email. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. I received the copy of the death certificate and can give you access to his email account. <laughs> I sent his password to your email address. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much this means to me. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. One. And we just got access to Preston's email account. Oh, that's great. Yes. That's great news. That's great news. So, I learned a couple things when I was watching this scene. The main one is that I definitely want to buy my own urn before I die. Like, there was some, like... <laughs> really cute ones back there and i was like oh i would be so sad to be in a lesser urn i want to just be burnt up okay i don't want people like oh my god how are we gonna find ronnie's size you know like i can't even buy shoes because my feet are so big like i don't want people to have to be like does that come in ronnie's size and then we talk about it caskets are so expensive Uh, like like it's it's 
that is such a racket to be buried that way. And I understand, like, when I was a kid, I was so freaked out by the idea of cremation. Because I was like, well, wait a minute. They burn your body? And, like, you're feeling... It is a creepy concept. It is, but so is just rotting there and having worms go through you and being stuck in some box forever, you know? You could be in a chic urn. And, like, that was basically... I mean, I know that wasn't supposed to be my takeaway from that scene, but it was... Yeah, it's a good takeaway. You know, you could have a cute urn or you could have an ugly urn. And that's why you need to take care of it before you die, because your cheap ass family going to put you in a box, like an ugly ass Mm -hmm. cardboard box. The other thing that took me by surprise, and I feel like I'm going to get roasted in this or just like heavily informed in a new way, (laughs) is that I didn't know that you could like get your death certificate to gmail and have your password released because like all of this all of the way that this young man's securities are being like reached past his death like breached or reached however you want to call it i truly like would feel so violated by all of this it's yeah, that's all my gross. Nightmare. i don't care if i'm dead especially if i'm dead i don't want my mother having my ex or access to my email it's disgusting exactly let me have my fucking peace dog <laughs> yeah. like yeah, like, I understand that, like, yes, but, like, if you're already convinced that there's a murder, if there's something fishy involved, you are a very rich woman who pays a lot of taxes to the county and that has influential business partners, people that you work with, etc. Fucking call in a favor and have this investigated. You do not need to be doing this yourself. But like, if the-, the cops find child porn on there, they'll tell you. But maybe the hostgator people or whatever just went through it and saw that it was like the most basic person's email and was like, okay, right. you can out because all the, this is the subjects for them. It's a hey. barbecue. <laughs> one is, hey, and one is, your discount coupons have arrived. And one is, forward, funny joke. <laughs> yeah, I also get um, updates, smoke detector, smoke detector testing. <laughs> Check this out. Artwork you should see. My yeah. birthday shindig. Mm, a lot no of parties. No subject. Uh, love you. Yeah, dinner Please this stop weekend. So, Please stop calling. Please stop calling is the big thing. Please stop calling is the big thing. These emails are great. So basically, like, by the time Sandra gets home, she's so horned up on, like, reading her dead son's emails that, like, she doesn't even realize that her ex-husband's, like, completely about to, like, just, like, this is a man who, if I looked at him, I'd be like, oh, you're about to break your sobriety. So he's like staring out into the distance and he's like, Hey, I, uh, I, I, I gotta go. And she's like, you, you need anything? And he's like, no, I gotta go take a walk by the beach. And like, he's not even listening at this. She's not even listening at this point. She's already printing out emails. Now I want you to know something. This is a movie that hinges largely on paper printouts. Um, paper printouts are the hero of this movie. <laughs> yeah they really are paper old good old-fashioned paper you know in the future when everything else is broken we're going to be relying on paper again and no one's going to know what the hell to do with themselves also like where there is no digital footprint surely a judge will uphold a piece of printed paper <laughs> that allegedly was from an email like that the the printed emails are more damning than they're not being emails at all like it, yeah. i will say that this like this whole like next like couple scenes doesn't surprise me a lot. It just makes me really sad. Like basically where Charles goes, your boyfriend from Melrose place, where he goes is like 
it's half a local tavern, half Miami club. So there's like definitely like some hot, like, you know, toot, toot, toot lights going on inside. Right. Yeah. And he goes to the bar and he's like, Hey, can I get a diet soda? And then he goes, wait a minute. You know what? Double scotch on the rocks. You know what? And Tonight like, I'm going to keep my phone in my pocket and have a double scotch. And so like, here's my question, right? Like, why does he put himself in this environment? Like he must be socially addicted, addicted to this environment. Cause he was doing it when he was sober. Right. I think he's but doing it because he wants to drink. So he's going to the bar and he's like, well, no, I'm not going to have. Yes. I well, am. no, no. I mean, I know that, but like in real life, I think that in real life, in this movie, like in his sober life, he could be sober at a bar at home and like his going there, his MO wasn't to get drunk. Right. So, like, what is with this man in bar life? I don't know. I guess because he gets some, like, young little floozy in a red crop top dress. I like oh, their version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Lifetime's version of being drunk. It's so fun. I wish it was like that in real life. Because it's either like him where the, you're yelling and being an idiot. Or it's like this girl who he's with. He's just like, It's like Lifetime's version. It's just you just laugh the whole time. No, like there'll be a Lifetime version as well where they will like um, have be like, oh, wait a minute. She's a party girl. But oh, whoa, she didn't expect to sign up for all that. Like, we got to get her out of here. Like they will acknowledge sometimes. But like for the most part, it is. It's pretty like you're an uptight cunt. You're Katie, the nacho expert. Or you are. Like, just like a fucking, like, your margarita. <laughs> yeah. So AKA then- Ricky. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, so we see Crystal pulling up to uh, Jack's house in the dark. Jack is this guy. It's the dad's former employee. It's this guy that she was dating. Um, she flashes back to a day that they were pl- playing tennis with the dad. Um, and at the end of the scene, like, her dad sort of, like, firmly grabs her arm. And he's like, why don't you go get some practice in? And he, like, shoes her off. So I don't know from that if we're taking that her dad has hit her or if, like, there's some, like, I, like what's that shit there where the dad is, like, like grabbing her? But either way, I this think just because her. they didn't have bread to abuse. He didn't have bread to represent abuse. So they were like, grab her arm. Oh, because he abuses bread. Because he abuses her with bread comments and like won't let her have bread. Oh, and then right. like remember They're when like... she like got mad and she stood up and picked up that piece of bread and ripped it in half and then ate some as she walked away. It's like bread plays a huge role in this. And I think that they yeah. missed an opportunity here. There should have been like a piece of bread somewhere by that tennis court for him to be like, and you're not having this bread. Like a Weight Watchers tie-in. <laughs> yes. You know, she is to think active. Of everything. She plays tennis. Yeah, no, I mean, why do you have to do everything? Yeah, right. So, um, this, all of this, like, this daydream, though, it motivates her. She goes forward and she decides to knock on this guy's uh, window. So, just so you guys know, this is her ex-boyfriend. This girl, yeah, maybe she just um, was involved with a guy who's, she's still living in his apartment, died in a motorcycle, that doesn't mean she doesn't have things to say to her ex-boyfriend. So we're going to play 2938-3207. And just so you know, this guy, Jack, or Jake, rather, he's the one that got away. No, okay? it's Jack. Yeah, Jack. It's Jack. Yeah. I really like, I, 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 um, I, they're just white guys' names. That's what I should just write from now on. That's like, pretty Jake, much, yeah. Jack, Brian, Justin, <laughs> yeah. like, Preston, yeah. Oh, Preston. Oh, yeah. So, um, 2938 to 3207. It's Crystal. Jack, I know you're in there. 
Please open up. I need to talk to you. Jack, please open this door. I need to talk to you. It's really important. Please. Jack, I need to talk to you. Please. Go home, Crystal. No, I'm not going to just go home. Jack, you can't ignore me. Please, after everything we've been through, you can just open the door and have a conversation with me. Get off my property. Please, listen to me. Look, I'm in a dark place right now. My, my boyfriend was killed a couple days ago. Please. What? boyfriend or whatever but i told you we need to move on no God. jack don't do this to me okay you're the only person i have you're my best friend no i'm not you have people in your life Lindsay, the girls from the tennis club your mom That's not true please if you just open this door i need you okay please jack i swear to god if you, if you just let me come in for a second i will ask you're for being pathetic Go home! I Go won't home. do anything again if you just open the door. Call your father. What? No, no, no! Jack, don't call my dad. I'm leaving. Fine, I'm leaving, Jack. Don't call my dad. I'm gonna go. Please stop calling. You have serious issues. We have nothing more to discuss. Hmm. Consider this the last email you ever get from me. I want nothing to do with you. You have serious issues. You need help. What is that? Consider this the last email. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand-friendly, but don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.